where are the teachers that's letting this poor little girl with a rowboat get sexually harassed <laughs> in every room? Like this And man, the teacher was there. It, it blows my mind. What's going on at the school? The teachers are sleeping with people. They're letting people get, I mean, heavens. <laughs> it's real loose. Keep that high. Not a strong argument for public education. <laughs> Back to you, Bob. Hello and welcome to Back to You, Bob, a Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts, Micah and Christina, and this is episode 107, Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Let's get right into it and talk about Dawson's drink. Dawson's drink this week is a cinnamon toast crunch, and Mm -hmm. it is three ounces of rum chata, an ounce and a half of vanilla vodka, and half an ounce of cinnamon whiskey. It is good, I think. It kind of reminds me of fall. It's very fall. It's, I, I'm only going to do one. It's one of those drinks. It's like, you know, those really sweet and amazing Starbucks drinks. You you can only get them yes. as a tall. You can't get a venti. It's like a naughty little. Naughty little treat. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be doing one, but it is good. And it does taste like fall. I did the cinnamon sugar rim. And then I froze the glass. Who are you? I know. Who am I? Well, I am drinking out of a coupe. And I would love for a moment to go on a little tangent <laughs> about Micah's feelings. You know how I feel. Coops. Okay. Because um, as we mentioned in the last episode, Micah and I were together this past weekend seeing the one and only Taylor Swift in Las Vegas. Amazing. It was truly one of the best, I would say like top three concerts I've been to. Three and a half hours, just nonstop. I can't imagine the amount of conditioning that she did to do that entire show. It was amazing. It was so good. The production was just too. The the costume changes, the dancers, the performances, the stage raising, the lights, all of it. I mean, it felt like for what a zoo getting tickets was and for how much money we spent on the tickets, she was determined to give people a show that was worth their money. You know, and it was, I feel. We met in Vegas. You flew from Jersey. I flew from LA. And... I got served a drink in a coupe glass. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. So we go to like a street bar and we're getting street drinks. And Micah is given a plastic solo cup with a straw and ice. I think it was a vodka soda. We're walking around and we end up at this really fancy secret hidden bar. And it's like a it's like a $20 cocktail place. We all order drinks and Micah comes out in a coupe. And he goes, I hate coops. And he pours his $20 cocktail into his old ice from his vodka soda. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I can't explain it, but a coupe glass can really impact the way I taste a drink, enjoy a drink. It's like the equivalent of like when you go to Starbucks and you get a dome lid. Ugh. I hate Ugh. dome lids. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand, honestly, until you just said that. If I get a dome lid coffee i just might as well throw in the garbage yeah honestly welcome to a podcast about my sensibilities (laughs) so this episode some would say i think the two of us would say we don't agree on much when it comes to dawson's i think this is the best episode of the season yeah it is the one that sticks out the most like all season i've been waiting for this episode to come yes 
And we, we like to use this phrase a lot in this podcast, but when you think of season one, don't you think of this episode? Their clothes, everything about it, it's just... Joey's sweater, yes. Joey's sweater, Abby Morgan. Oh. We'll get it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So this episode starts off with Dawson and Joey in his bedroom. They're watching a movie in which two guys are drag racing for the heart of the woman that they're both in love with. And it sets off this conversation between Dawson and Joey about... You know, is it the bigger car, the bigger muscles, the bigger boobs that kind of get you the person you're after? Or is it the intention, the soul, the romance? Joey says it's the stupid physical stuff. It's the car, it's the muscles. Dawson believes it's the heart, it's the emotions. So Dawson says that he's uh, relieved because he and Pacey would never be like that. You know, he would never compete with a guy. And Joey says, of course, he wouldn't compete with Pacey because you don't like to lose. And of course, he's very offended. And Joey points out that Pacey has bigger muscles and... If it really does come down to romance and heart, like you say, then why hasn't Jen slept with you yet? And this gets in Dawson's head. So later, all four of our characters find themselves in Saturday detention, just like in The Breakfast Club. Now, we saw the things that landed Joey, Jen, and Dawson in detention. Jen's been having a very antagonistic relationship with one of her teachers, and she uses the word bitch in class. Joey, meanwhile, is basically harassed by a jock at the school during one of her school presentations and then again in the cafeteria and she ends up hitting him and beating him up so then there's dawson so dawson got in a horrible fight with pacey and he ended up breaking pacey's nose because he threw a basketball at it and this fight started because dawson caught pacey flirting with jen a little bit and pacey ended up telling jen this embarrassing secret from dawson's past about how when he was little everyone at school used to call him oompa loompa and pacey was kind of teasing dawson and it erupted with Dawson throwing a basketball at his face. So that is how Dawson got detention. And Pacey, meanwhile, is not saying how he got detention. So while they're there in the library, there's a new character that's introduced, and her name is Abby Morgan. She says she's in detention for having an orgy in the boys' locker room while in ecstasy. So they're all stuck in this library, and it's similar to episode five in the Hurricane episode, where they were all quarantining together, locked down. It's a pressure cooker, lots of tension, lots of drama, boiling, bursting. They decide to play a game of truth or dare. Abby pitches the idea to play. And during that game, Pacey and Jen end up kissing, which is Dawson's worst nightmare. And Dawson and Joey end up kissing. Dawson and Pacey are fighting the whole episode. Pacey says that Dawson's jealous of him because he has a better sex life and girls like him more. And Dawson basically says that Pacey is the town loser and he's not jealous of him because Pacey sucks at everything. The whole episode, Joey and Jen are fighting too. Jen says she wishes Joey would just stay out of her relationship with Dawson and maybe if she focused on herself more and not her relationship, then she would have a boyfriend of her own. Abby, meanwhile, points out, Joey and Jen, you're never going to get along because you're both in love with the same guy. And it's the first time in these seven episodes someone has really said it out loud. Joey loves Dawson. By the end of the episode, Pacey and Dawson make up. Jen and Dawson make up. And she says she's glad he's not like those typical jocks that she usually lusts over. He's special. He's more important. He's different. And he's pretty much the only reason that she looks forward to waking up every day in Cape Side. Joey, meanwhile, has a breakdown where she says she's feeling all these strange feelings she's never felt before. And she doesn't know how to say them out loud. And she's afraid if she says them out loud, then everything's going to change. And that's how we leave everybody in a little bit of a cliffhanger there. So much happens this episode. I know we say this every episode, but it really does (laughs) propel things forward. And this episode was written by the one and only Mike White. 
He is a writer, a director, a actor, a TV personality. He is currently relevant because he created White Lotus on HBO, which everyone loves. It's amazing. I love it. He won the Emmy for Best Directing of a Limited Series, Best Writing of a Limited Series, and Best Limited Series. He also created the show Enlightened, which I haven't watched. Have you watched? I know you kind of went through his catalog. I did. I've been going through his catalog. Yes, I just watched both seasons. Great show. Yeah, I've heard really great things. Laura Dern. He wrote the movie School of Rock. He also is in the movie School of Rock playing Ned Schneebly. He wrote Orange County, Dead Man on Campus, nine episodes of Dawson's. He wrote Three Freaks and Geeks. He directed, kind of sprinkled all in there. He was a contestant on The Amazing Race with his father. Which is twice. Uh, oh, twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah. I completely he on, forgot. He was on an all-star season. Yeah. I totally forgot that. And he was on Survivor, which he, did. he is amazing on. <laughs> he did great. He almost won. He got second or third place. He he made it to the finale. Yeah. You can just tell that he's a fan of television and like pop culture, and he just wanted to play. That's what I loved about him on Amazing Race, too. This episode was directed by Alan Arkish. He directed a lot of music videos in the 70s and 80s. He directed a couple of Ramones videos, Elvis Costello, Bette Midler, like he was in that whole music video world. He directed an original Twilight Zone, nine episodes of Fame, six episodes of St. Elsewhere, 12 episodes of Moonlighting, Ally McBeal, Crossing Jordan, but he was also a producing director. So the producing director is kind of the person on staff who in this first season of Dawson's would be Steve Miner. But they are on for the entire season. They're a producer. They have a hand in the pot of the show. He did that on a few series, Crossing Jordan, Heroes, Hellcats. That was a CW series, kind of like Love. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Cheerleading. He has a cool career. And he also now does some YouTube series. Like he'll he'll pop in and out of different series talking about different films and he just seems like a really cool guy. So definitely someone to Google and check out. Another thing about Mike White that's interesting that not a lot of people know. Well, if you watch Amazing Race, maybe you do know his father. He went on the Amazing Race with his father. Uh, Mike White is gay and his dad was a pastor, reverend. So Mike White grew up in a very religious household. And then when he was thinking his 20s, his dad came out as gay. So they're both gay. They were on The Amazing Race together. They're so cute. And they got asked to come back for an all-star season, as we said. But I just think that Mike, he's such an interesting life. Interesting writers make the best writers. <laughs> so right. I don't know. There's just something about his life. I just, I have been going through his filmography and he's probably, I'd say top three of my favorite writers ever. I knew that this was one of my favorite episodes of the series, my favorite episode of season one. I did not know he wrote it. Again, one of the things, we've, yeah. as we've mentioned many times, one of the things you want to track during this podcast is who wrote each episode and their writing style and, and things like that. So I looked up which episodes he wrote, and I won't mention which episode. We'll get to that when we get to it. But some of his episodes are my favorite episodes. He's a, He was a writer on season one and season two. It's not a coincidence that his episodes are some of my favorites. And all of his stuff, it's like a little bit naughty. It's relatable. It's tongue-in-cheek it's self-referential it's just very fun enjoyable this was yeah. his first job i read i oh, so that's awesome yeah it's great we just love you mike white we love you also he just he seems so like he's not jaded at all 
Not at all. I was just reading actually his top five piece of advice for writers. And one of the things that he points out is don't do it for the money. And if there's one person who says that, who I think lives it and personifies it, it's him. You can tell he's not here for the money. He's just having fun doing the thing that he wants to be doing. Thank you, Mike White, for this episode. So good. So quotable. Mike White invented Abby Morgan. Speaking of Abby Morgan, shall we do a guest cast shout out? Guest cast shout out. Abby Morgan joins us this episode for the very first time. Monica by Monica Kina. Jinx. Buy me a cinnamon toast crunch. She's in 14 episodes of the series. She does have a pretty big arc. There are a handful of episodes actually of this series that when I did my rewatches, I occasionally would skip because they scared me. I'm a baby. But there's a moment that she is a part of in the series where it literally made me jump. Like it just gave me the creepy crawlies. Mike White wrote that episode. Oh, I hated it. It was it was interesting to me in watching Breakfast Club, the movie, and then watching this. The greatest parallel that I saw, she kind of is Judd Nelson's character. Judd Nelson in the movie, he's the one instigating everyone and pushing everyone's buttons and kind of like moving things along and keeping things interesting. And Abby Morgan is very much so that. The lightning rod, the catalyst for drama, secrets. The funny thing is that Mike White writes a lot of Monica Kina, Abby Morgan's episodes. So I wonder if he was kind of seen as like the voice of Abby Morgan. And she was also in Orange County, that Mike White movie. That must be how they met. No, it was 2002. Oh. So they met here and then he brought her along. Well, we love her. We'll definitely talk about her more. Definitely. She was also in Grey's Anatomy. She was in the pole episode, the train crash, and her yes. and another man are stuck and they have to make the devastating decision. One of them's going to die, save. one of them's going to live. Yes. yes. And that's her. And it was like full sobbing from my end. That um, was back when Grey's really tried to get you to care about the case of the week. She was also in Undeclared, it's MTV. Judd Apatow. Jay Baruchel was the star. Yeah. Now, did Mike White write on that? Because he wrote on Freaks and Geeks, which was Judd Apatow. Such a good question. I actually don't think he did. Lots of overlapping. So, guest cast shout out. Is there anything else we want to say? No. We love Abby Morgan. She's one of my favorite characters. I have been seeing a lot of anti-Abby Morgan rhetoric since we launched our pod. We've really gotten into the Dawson's Creek Instaverse and Twitterverse and TikTokverse. People hate Abby Morgan, which is like so crazy to me because is she an unlikable person? Yes. But is she so fun to watch? Yes. So I don't know. I love Abby Morgan. What comes after get cast? Music music moment. Music moment of the week. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't really have anything this episode. So for me, it's the um, Saturday. That's it. Yes. It's Saturday by Colony is the name of the song and we return to it multiple times during Saturday detention. That one to me is the one where I was like, oh, I remember this. Yes. I would say whatever the song is, it didn't leave that much much of an impression, but I would say the song uh, when Dawson and Joey kiss, there is a intense music cue. It is Grace by Michelle Malone. What a hit. The other song to me that kind of put me like in a Dawson's place was Stupid by Chicken Box. And that's the one that's kind of like intercut with all of them at the beginning where we're learning why all of them got Saturday detention. It was very Dawson's Creek to me. Not a strong music episode. Well, no spoils. The next episode has some bangers. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get detention? I had detention literally all the time. I... (laughs) 
Much like Abby had a tardiness issue, I had detention constantly. I had regular detention and then I had Saturday detention. And then once you had a certain amount of Saturday detentions, they gave you in-school suspension. And then once you had a certain amount of in-school suspensions, they gave you out-of-school suspension. But I am a pro. I'm an old pro at Saturday detention. And you know what? It is nothing like this Saturday detention. So you had Saturday detention. You actually went to Saturday detention? A lot. Yeah. Wow. And then you, so say that again, you get Saturday detention, then you get in-school suspension. And then if you get a few of those, you get, you just get suspended. Yes. If you were marked late a certain amount of times, you got out of school suspension. And that was something that like, I never thought I would get. Like that was for bad kids. Out of school suspension, like detention is one thing, but out of school suspension, I was like, oh no, that's not for me. And then I got called, I came to school one day and I got called to the principal's office and they were like, you have to go home. You're suspended. I was like, you got suspended? Out of school suspended. Yeah. One day. Oh my God. That's crazy. I didn't know that. (laughs) That's nuts. Wow. So you were like a bad student. But I wasn't. I I was just late. I didn't know that about you. We, (laughs) so I went to a Catholic prep school, uh, a Jesuit Catholic prep school, and we didn't have Saturday detention, but we had after school detention and it was called Jug, Justice Under God. (laughs) Um, So there's a code of conduct rule book they were given at the beginning of the year. And when I got, I got detention once in the four years, I was a nerd and I had to write the rule. You write it over and over again for like 45 minutes, but you have to write it a certain amount. Oh my gosh. You have to write it a certain amount of times. Like if you only wrote it like 20 times, like that's not enough. Oh my gosh. So we had, we had fathers, priests, and we had brothers. So basically if you miss a day of school the next morning before school starts, you needed to go to this guy and you had to give him (laughs) a little yellow card that had your reason for missing school the date, and then your parent had to sign it. And you had to bring that to him by the time class started the next day. And I just forgot my yellow card. And I forgot it one time. So I had to write that rule. You know, like if you miss a day of school, you need to bring your yellow card that's signed by your guardian. Bop, 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 bop. And why were you out the day before? Were you just sick? I, you know, probably not. I used to really strategically pick because at that school, you, you were allowed like eight days uh, absent a year. And still qualify for, because uh, you can get exempt from finals at the end of the year if your grade was like 92 or above. And since I was a nerd, I got I used to get exempt from a lot. I didn't really take a lot of finals. So I would strategically pick like my eight days based on if I had like a big test the next day or this, that. But I just forgot that damn card, but I never forgot it again. But the funny thing is, you know, people have like anxiety dreams about going into school naked. One of my anxiety dreams is... Not turning in my yellow card or showing up with my yellow without my yellow card. The other one is so I was in the plays. I was in like the theater, the plays, and me too. The the very last show of the very last year, like senior year, second weekend, the spring musical. I just missed my cue. I just didn't go out on stage. Where what were you doing? Were you like chit chatting backstage? Yeah. <laughs> and that haunts me kind of still. I still have I still have a dream about missing my cue. I believe it because I have those dreams and nothing ever happened. Like I never missed anything. I rarely forgot my lines, like whatever. But I have dreams where I'm walking out onto stage and I don't know what play it is. And I'm just <laughs> like, here I am, like trying to figure it out as we go. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> funny. I went to dinner with family friends recently and they have a kid who is going to, he, he's in a local Jesuit high school. And he said to me, did you guys have Jug? 
And oh my like, gosh. Sure did. So it, it must be in every Jesuit school. My school was crazy. Boys had to have a clean shaven face. And if you didn't, you'd have to go to the dean, dean of students. It wasn't the dean of the school, dean of students. And she would make you shave with a disposable razor, but you only had like water. You couldn't use soap or shaving Ooh. cream or anything. So it would like hurt. Wow. My school was nuts. My school would probably get canceled now. Past versus present. Do you have anything? I don't really know if I have anything for past versus present, but why I want to use this as an opportunity to interrogate you about Pacey being such a dick in this episode. And I want you to admit Are you it. kidding? Are you Yes. Kidding? No, I'm not kidding. I want you to admit that Pacey is being a little dick. I had the same exact question for you about Dawson. I think this is one You've of Dawson's got to be, you have worst got to be episodes. Kidding no. Me. Micah, it is one of the worst Dawson episodes. Pacey is provoking Dawson the whole episode for no reason. In a playful, best friend kind of way. Dawson has made up this entire narrative in his mind that his girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with him. Then he's like, oh, she doesn't want to have sex with me. And it must be because my best friend is trying to steal her from me, which is ridiculous. And then... Dawson has this pattern of when someone really pisses him off, he goes for the jugular and he's like, yeah. I'll say it. I'll say everything. It's me. <laughs> he's like, oh, to Pacey, you want to have sex with my girlfriend? Well, your family hates you and you're a, you're a fuck up. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. No, you're conflating things. So what, ha- what really happened was Pacey, he had no reason to tell Jen that embarrassing secret from Dawson's past. When Dawson stumbles onto Jen and Pacey, Pacey is being really flirty. And well, Pacey, Pacey does have this. He has this arrogance about him where he's talking down. He's really patronizing to Dawson in this episode. He's constantly provoking Dawson. And finally, Dawson throws the basketball at his face. Is that right? No. But was Dawson provoked? 1000% Pacey was provoking Dawson. The thing that really set Dawson off was Joey in the cold open bringing up that Pacey could beat Dawson and that Pacey was more quote unquote desirable than Dawson when they were discussing the drag racing scene and like bigger biceps and all this stuff. And then coming off of that scene, Dawson sees Pacey and Jen speaking at the locker in a like a flirty way, but they're friends. They're friends. During the big Dawson Pacey fight in the copy room in this episode, when Dawson does say your family hates you and you've never done anything (laughs) right and you're a failure, it's because Pacey says to him, you know, you're jealous of me. I have more sex than you. Jen's checking out my ass. He says all these things. He's poking at Dawson. Jen suggests they all take photocopies of their asses. And then Jen remarks, I think that one's Pacey's. And Dawson says, why? And Pacey goes, because she's checking it out. None of the ladies can keep their eyes. Like that is a that is a friendly, sure, it's like a jab, but it's not anything crazy. Pacey says that Dawson's jealous and he says, that's how you threw a basketball on my nose. You've been asking like such a little puke lately. You're jealous of me because I'm a better athlete. You're jealous of me because I got a better sex life. At least my nickname was never Oompa Loompa. Like he, he brings up the Oompa Loompa thing so many. He's like goading. I, I don't know. I really thought you were going to come in and be like, Pacey was a dick this episode. I can see where you're coming from. He is poking the bear. And obviously Dawson strongly dislikes the Oompa Loompa thing because he threw a basketball at Pacey's face and broke his nose when he called him Oompa Loompa. But I think Dawson is unbearable in this episode. 
Like, really. He is overreacting at every corner, in my opinion. He's like... Well, he's uptight. I I just feel like Pacey was provoking him. I didn't think this was a good episode for Pacey. I thought it was a dick. Pacey was provoking him. Dawson was a dick. Dawson broke his nose. Dawson called him a loser who... Like, it was crazy. Dawson was below the belt. Yeah, he was. I guess I could oh. say for past versus present is what's going on at this school? Like, it's like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Why is Joey being sexually harassed in her during her history presentation at the cafeteria? Where are the teachers that's letting this poor little girl with a rowboat get sexually harassed <laughs> in every room? Like, this And man, the teacher was there. He didn't shut it giving- down. She's giving a presentation on shoguns and how they had concubines and this jock, Grant, is saying, you know, oh, the shogun had concubines, like prostitutes, like I want concubines. And he's harassing her in the middle of her presentation and the teacher is doing nothing. And it, it blows my mind. What's going on at the school? The teachers are sleeping with people. They're letting people get, I mean, heavens. <laughs> it's real loose. Keeps that high. Not a strong argument for public education. <laughs> If you have kids, get on those wait lists now. Do not send them to Cape Side High. They will be sexualized. They will be harassed. They will be sent to Saturday detention unfairly. Whose locker are they at when Pacey and Jen are flirting? Are they at Jen's? He he closes it, but doesn't close. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Pacey has a Patriots banner in his locker. And something that was angrily pointed out to me by a listener, Lisa, messaged me this is that Dawson is wearing a Yankees hat, I guess, in the pilot. Dawson wears a hat in the pilot? <laughs> I guess. And, and someone messaged me and said, why didn't you talk about the fact that you would never be caught dead at the Cape in a, a Yankees hat? That is very interesting. And thank you, Lisa. You're absolutely correct. As a fan of all the New York teams, I would have to say the same for Boston. So that makes total sense to me. Yeah. The only thing... That I can say past versus present, which is just because of the part of the industry that I'm in. And I'm sure people are tired of ta- me talking about ADR because I feel like I've talked about it for the last three episodes. But there was a horribly ADR'd line in this episode. Which one? It was when Pacey sees Mrs. Tringle in the hallway. Okay, so that's kind of what I'm getting at. The librarian who's overseeing Saturday detention, her name is Mrs. Tringle. But if you pay attention closely, none of them are saying Tringle. It is all ADR. Anytime they say Mrs. Tringle, it is ADR. To refresh, ADR is when they add lines of dialogue in post-production because we didn't fully get them clean on set. Yes. So in this case, they very clearly wanted to change whatever they said on set, the name that they said on set, for some reason, they wanted to change it in post. So I'm wondering, add it to our list of questions for Kevin, I'm wondering if it was Mrs. Tingle. And then they changed it to Mrs. Tringle because it's very close what they're saying, but it's not Tringle. And he had the movie teaching Mrs. Tingle come out shortly after this episode. Yes, I would agree. I would agree with that theory. Yeah, that's all that stood out to me in terms of past versus present. So let's open the floor to now like a deeper discussion of the episode. They're bored in detention. Abby wants to play. First of all, Abby's zingers are amazing. So Pacey has a broken nose because Dawson threw the basketball at his face. She calls him Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he says, oh, don't you want to partake in any of my reindeer games? And she says, games. Speaking of games, let's play Truth or Dare. 
Pacey wants the truth, so she says, tell me why you're in detention. He won't say, so she dares. He picks a dare. She dares him to kiss Jen on the lips for 15 seconds. They kiss, which kind of adds to all this tension between Dawson and Pacey. This actually is not the first time that Pacey and Jen have kissed because they had to kiss for Dawson's movie in episode two, I believe. But Pacey and Jen kiss. Then it is Pacey's turn. He asks Joey, truth or dare? She says truth. He says, who do you like? Like? Yeah, who are you in love with? And he stares directly at Dawson. She says, dare. I meant dare. And Abby is like, what is with you people? Just like pick one and go with it. And he says, I dare you to kiss Dawson on the lips for 15 seconds. And then Abby's like, I'll keep time. And of course, Jen looks horrified. All of their faces, even Joey's face while Pacey and Jen are kissing is amazing. They're all just so good. They were such little good actors. The best acting is reacting. I think we said in, in high school, <laughs> high school drama club, <laughs> they are reacting and they're just all, oh, it is just so good. One thing going back to the beginning of the episode. So I loved the cold open. It's like the first time where we really feel the sexual tension between Dawson and Joey. Like they've talked about it a bit before, but in this episode, she's like trying to wrestle the remote away from him and they end up in that like classic, she's a little bit on top of him staring in each other's eyes situation. And you're like, oh. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Talk more about that. So they're watching the movie. He pauses it. He says he has a headache. He doesn't understand the whole dynamic of like bigger biceps, faster cars, all that stuff. And she's like, we've watched so much of this movie. We just need to, you know, finish it out. And she's like, give it to me. And he's like, no. And she's like, give it to me. And she like climbs on top of him. And then they have this moment where they're both, they realize what's happening and how close they are. And I don't know. I I know that you're very into the sexual tension there and kind of the history that they have. But I also felt like this was the first time the way that Joey then later in that scene references Pacey and says like, oh, you don't want to fight Pacey because you don't want to lose. And like, it's also yeah. the first time where you hear Joey speaking positively about Pacey, even though she's quoting Dawson. I wanted to talk so, about that. Is it Joey or Dawson who brings up like, well, Pacey and I don't fight over girls. Dawson. So it was very interesting because eventually down the line, there is a love triangle with the three of them. I love how shady you are. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know that you're very into the sexual tension between Joey and da I know that you're a trash person who's Team Dawson. Yes. So it is really the first, this is a big episode because it's the first, like we've been dancing around it, but Abby is finally saying like you're in love with, and Pacey's saying it too, because he asks her, who do you like? Who are you in love with? He knows that it's Dawson. She won't say it. Abby flat out says, you are both in love with the same guy. But it is the first time that Joey mentions having checked out Pacey or she admits that Pacey's muscular or good looking or things like that. So little Easter egg. And without that <laughs> moment, without the the moment in the cold open where her and Dawson are kind of wrestling, I think that we as the viewer would draw a line to the fact that she's talking about Dawson where it's like, who do you like? Who do you love? Whatever. But it really just reinforces. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it last week. I think another good Easter egg of season one about Pacey and Joey is when she comforted him when the rumor was spreading about him and Miss Jacobs. She she talked to him about what it's like to be the town pariah. But I, I mean, even I have to admit, Pacey and Joey have more in common. I mean, they're a match made in heaven. There are Easter eggs there where I never thought there were. So that's interesting. Yeah. There's there's Joey Pacey droplets. They sprinkle a breadcrumb trail for us, for sure. Yeah. Something I need to ask you. You don't think Pacey was a dick this episode, which is whatever. no, no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry I got so heated before. What I mean is, I just think that everything that Pacey does in this episode, 
is more like gentle and forgivable to me and everything that Dawson does is like a shank to the side. But do you when when Joey and Dawson have their kid this now this is Joey and Dawson's first kiss. I thought there was a lot of chemistry there. Did you did you think so or no? Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I'll have you know that Abby Morgan said it was a kiss that could set the Atlantic on fire. Okay. <laughs> Okay, she, so she, you could take your she, shrugged yeah and shove it. I think that you can tell that there was a lot of anticipation in the kiss from Joey's end, like her stiff palm on Dawson's face. And- I remember watching this episode and being like, they're not going to kiss. Like, they're not going to kiss. They I didn't think it was. How could they? I thought, I thought the librarian was going to walk in or like something. I just, I just, just like, they're not going to kiss. No, it was. No. You could tell that there was a lot of like pent up emotion in the kiss. I did notice that Dawson and Jen have a kiss at the beginning when they're walking into detention. That's really awkward and awful. And they've no, ugh. it was a bad kiss. I thought it was like awkward. I didn't love Jen in this episode. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's pretty obnoxious in this episode. But I did like that as they're walking into detention, Dawson says, ugh. Like, why are we here? We don't deserve to be here. And she's like, yeah, I don't. I kind of think that you do. The amount of messages that I have gotten, we talked about it last time. People that do not believe that I like Dawson. Someone, I saw a TikTok the other day that was, I'm watching Dawson's Creek for the first time. It has to be the show in the history of television that has the most hated main character, like the most hated title character. And it's weird because looking, when I'm rewatching it now, I could certainly see why people don't like Dawson. But at the time, I remember... Maybe we watched TV differently than I didn't watch TV to kind of contradict what was being fed to me. I was being told that Dawson was the main character and the protagonist. And I just took that. I didn't think like, oh, you know. Also, you know, they're 15. Yeah. So they're all going to be bratty. and. But he is the most. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You know what I do want to say, though, on record? I think Dawson is a better friend to Pacey than Pacey's a friend to Dawson. And that goes over the course of the series. Can you cite some reasons? Well, just in this episode, like, I don't think, you know, Dawson wasn't sidling up to Miss Jacobs and like spilling embarrassing secrets from Pacey's past. The Oompa Loompa thing sucks. That's shitty. But Dawson, out of nowhere, toward the middle of the episode, says, I really want to trust you, Pacey. That's your best friend. You don't trust your best friend. He walked up on them whispering. As soon as Dawson walked up on them, they stopped talking. Then Pacey reveals that he told her the secret. So then they start playing. We haven't covered this yet. So Pacey asked Dawson to, in gym class, stay later and play a game of basketball with him because the cheerleaders are watching and... Dawson was like, why is this such a big deal? Like, we should just go to lunch. And Pacey says, well, you really suck at basketball and you make me look good. So let's keep playing because these girls are eating it up. And then they're playing, they're playing. And he calls them Oompa Loompa. And Dawson throws the basketball at him. Dawson, the entire episode after the cold open from the time that Joey says something about Pacey and Pacey like being able to beat Dawson. Dawson has the biggest chip on his shoulder about Pacey. I it's think we've never done we've never done this before, <laughs> but I think we need to take a break and you should rewatch the locker scene and just watch Pacey and Dawson. Okay. What's that? From Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory? Little green midgets <laughs> used to stir the chocolate? <laughs> no way. Hey guys. What? Hey. 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 Hey
Uh, nothing. Nada. Nine. <laughs> no, it's it's nothing, Dawson. Forget about it. <laughs> hey, Dawson, get pumped, man. It's your favorite time of day. Gym time. You know, I think we're playing b-ball today. Remember that one? It's the one that's got that hoop up in the air, right? Play yeah, with the ball. I know how to play basketball. Oh, hey, I know you do sports. You just don't kick the ball and don't hit it with a baseball bat. <laughs> you dribble. Look at it like this. Right? Okay, funny guy. Yeah, okay. I'll see you later at the gym. Roger, Dodger. <laughs> okay, I watched the locker scene, the locker right. room scene, and the beginning of the one-on-one. Pacey's being a dick. He is. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pacey's being a dick. Dawson is a giant asshole in the second half of this episode. But in that first scene, Dawson walks into it so happy to see his best friend and his girlfriend, and Pacey is like, dig, 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 dig. You're dumb. You're not in a jock. You don't know what basketball is. I'm insulting you in front of your girlfriend. Listen, ba, 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 ba. sport. Do you know what that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this, I misremembered the top of this scene and why they're playing one-on-one basketball. Like Dawson's like, I'm hungry. I want to go to lunch. And Pacey's like, no, nah, like it's just a couple points. I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> like He yeah, wants okay. Dawson to play with him in front of the girls so Dawson sucks so badly that he'll make Pacey look good. It's just not a way you talk to your friend. You're right. Um. This is our the one good thing. This is our first real Pacey Dawson, Pacey versus Dawson episode, which we didn't really think we would get into until season three. But yeah. we're here. I think they they both suck, actually, in this episode. In this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. You win. You've convinced me. Yes, I'd love to win. Uh <laughs> let's talk about Miss Tringle watching Days of Our Lives. I know. I thought that you would love that. She's watching I believe 1997, Days of Our Lives. Sammy Brady is blackmailing Kate because she found out that Kate hired Franco Kelly to break up Bowen Hope. Anyway, someone out there will get it. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on it. But the, the teacher's watching a week's worth of Days of Our Lives, which allows the kids to break free and roam the halls. Which was a, a good addition. You are goading me with that coupe glass. You're just waving it around. Keep raising it into frame. Really quickly before we get into, because there's a lot of heavy stuff in like the gym and all of the things that come after the gym, I need to talk about. So we come back from a commercial break and Dawson says something along the lines of, oh, this is so breakfast club. And Jen's like, breakfast club? And he's like, yeah, the movie, right? And they go into it. And Jen says, what are those actors doing now? Jen says, oh, I hated that movie. It was terrible. And I'm like, Jen, shut up. (laughs) I hate you. It's one of the best movies of all time. Anyway. so good. What do you watch? Little art house films at the theater down the street, Jen? Oh, sorry, Jen. This isn't Times Square. Isn't that what her teacher says there? <laughs> yeah, <her teacher> says. <laughs> sorry, Jen. Do you go to like stage places? They have sex on stage. <laughs> Ugh, go back to Manhattan. Honestly, you and Tamara can g- get an apartment together. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't Ooh. cancel me. Don't give me one star. That's disturbing. But Jen asks, what are those actors doing now? And he kind of runs through Anthony Michael Hall, Molly Ringwald. He goes, yeah, they all kind of like faded into obscurity or something like that. Yeah. And Pacey goes, what do you mean? Emilio Estevez, he was in those duck movies. They were so funny. Very self-referential. Joshua Jackson was in all three Mighty Ducks movies. The star, Charlie Conway, the love of my life. Which, yes. if you haven't watched Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+, Plus, I recommend season one. I also recommend Mighty Ducks. If you have not watched Mighty Ducks and you're listening to us, I don't know what to tell you. Somewhere your life went left. 
I mean, hey, maybe someone's listening to us and they're young and they're watching for the first time Dawson's Creek and they haven't watched the films. Yeah, Mighty Ducks is a staple. You need to watch it on Disney+. Plus. If you don't have Disney+, Plus, my username and password is... (laughs) (laughs) I watched Mighty Ducks as an adult. Oh. Because I watched Melrose Place growing up. So if you haven't seen The Mighty Ducks, D2, The Mighty Ducks... G3, The Mighty Ducks. You need to watch. You have to. You just have to. So let's talk about the scene in the gym. Yeah. So they're in Saturday detention after the Truth or Dare game. Dawson says, I dare us all to break out. And they break out to the copy room. Like we said, they they make copies of their butts and they play guess my butt or guess whose butt, <laughs> guess the butt. Um, and then Dawson and Pacey get into a fight there. Pacey says that Dawson is jealous. Dawson says that Pacey's a loser and they decide to duke it out on the basketball court. And if Pacey loses this time, then he has to say why he is in detention. So Dawson and Pacey are playing basketball while Abby, Joey, and Jen are spectating and Abby is pot stirring and Joey and Jen are fighting. And Abby says... You're so clearly in love with the same man. I'm going to leave you two here to talk about it. Yeah. And what I noticed on this rewatch is Jen is so, I've been calling her mature. I think she is mature in certain circumstances, but here she's just so, like, she's trying to be so accommodating and she's like, I'm sorry, Joey. I had, it's coming across as fake. It's too much. So Joey says something snarky as she does. And Jen says, Joey, okay, I give up. You win. I've just done everything I could to be a friend, and I just don't know what to do anymore, okay? You win, and I just want you to like me. And Joey's like, okay, whatever. Like, you win. I like you. And Jen is like, what do I have to do? And Joey says, I just wish you'd be a wench and not be so nice. And Jen says, okay, fine. I'll be more of a wench then. (laughs) (laughs) which proves joey's point and joey's just like uh but jen is just coming across so fake you know and i feel like that becomes more and more apparent like jen she was the new person right so like where i think we came in to the series with joey dawson pacey like they're all very grounded they're in their own element they're they've very clearly been friends for a long time jen as you've expressed E.T. comes along and she can be whoever she wants to be. At first, she was this like virginal, good girl, whatever. And then we realize that that's not her truth. And then we get a little more of her, but she's not like, she's never been her full whole self yet. Yeah. And I would say she isn't really until season two and season three. Yeah. Agreed. Don't think it's lost on me how Jen is keeping Dawson at arm's length until... She realizes Joey's in love with Dawson and then she like clings to Dawson. Oh, Dawson, thank God you're not a jock. You're not fooling me, Jenny. You're not fooling me. Let's talk more about what got each of them in detention. So as discussed, Joey was giving a presentation about shoguns and concubines and concubines. I did not say concubines. It sounded like I said (laughs) concubines. This guy is harassing her in front of the teacher, which is crazy. Abby Morgan walks in late to Joey's presentation. And later, Joey is harassed in the cafeteria line by the same guy. And she finally decks him and punches him in the groin and hits his friend with her lunch tray. 
When it comes to Jen, uh, Jen has a feeling that her health teacher uh, has a grudge against her. He doesn't like her for some reason. She doesn't know if it's because she's from New York or what it is, but they're discussing Dr. Kravorkian and assisted suicide and things like that. Her teacher is very religious and believes that life is a gift and all of these things. And Jen says, you know, you shouldn't be talking about God in health class, but go ahead. Right. Yeah, it's a public school. It's not even like a Catholic school, a Christian no. school. So it's a little weird. But they're talking about the idea of suicide, assisted suicide. Jen says, you know, for someone who is clinging to life and every day is a battle, life is not a gift. Life is a bitch. And he says, Miss Lindley, this isn't Times Square. Language like that gets you Saturday detention. Obviously, Jen is talking about her grandfather who's dying, basically. But I like that the show didn't explicitly say that. You know that that's what Jen's talking about, but she didn't, you don't need to get into that pipe. Pipe being background information that you force into dialogue. But if you know Jen's character, you know she's talking about her grandfather. Side note, her health teacher really looked like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, he did. So Pacey, who has been very hesitant to reveal his reason for being in detention, finally fesses up and he says that... After Dawson broke his nose, all the girls were giving him attention. All the cheerleaders were fawning over him and he got excited. So he went to the men's locker room to relieve himself. And the gym teacher came to check on Pacey and caught him walking the dog. And that's what landed him in detention. And then we find out that Abby is in detention for excessive tardies. The librarian kind of outs her and says, Abby, I hope you've learned your lesson. Excessive tardies will not be tolerated at Cape Side High. So Abby's story about having an orgy in the boys' room on ecstasy is a lie. Do you want to talk about the Joey, Dawson, Jen portion of this scene? Yeah. So Dawson and Pacey end up making up. Dawson opens up about the meaning of Oompa Loompa and why it's so triggering. And it's because he sees himself as like a nerd and a loser. And that's how people see him. And it also means that he's a virgin and he's not some big sex stud like Pacey. And Pacey confesses the reason that he's in detention is this really embarrassing non-sex stud thing. And Pacey and Dawson kind of make up in that moment. And then that is where Dawson says, you know, Jen likes me, but she doesn't lust me. She doesn't want me. And Jen walks up and explains that, you know, you're my godsend. I don't believe in God, but you're my godsend. You're the reason I wake up here. Everyone here hates me. My teacher hates me. You like me. The whole speech is really rough for me. Why? Feels really fake. There's a moment earlier in the episode where Joey's truth or dare to Jen is a truth. And Joey says... Is Dawson the person at Cape Side you're most attracted to? And Jen says, yes, I like Dawson the most. After says, much hesitancy, she says yeah. yes. And Joey says, I didn't ask you if you liked him the most. I asked you if he was the one you're most attracted to. And it's like pulling teeth. She yeah. says, I like I like Dawson the most. And they said, you know, not like lust, like one ripper's clothes off. And she hesitates, hesitates. And she's like, yes, yes, I lust Dawson the most. Okay. But she's clearly lying. Yeah. And so that this little speech, I think that Dawson is a lifeline to Jen. And I think that Dawson does mean a lot to Jen. And I think that Jen leans on Dawson a lot. But I think that she's a little bit trying to keep him on the hook. Yeah. I think Jen is probably having an identity crisis of some kind. Speak on it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the reason I think we all hated Jen for a season is because she is. She's being so fake. She's being the person that she thinks she should be, but it's a massive correction because of the person that she was. The person that she was in New York 
wasn't her authentic self because she was being taken advantage of and this, that, and the other. So that wasn't who she truly was either. This version of herself, though, is a massive recalibration, a massive correction. And this isn't really who she is either. So she's somewhere in between. And I think she levels out season three. Jen, I mean, honestly, she's really just the uh, punching bag. You know, when you're watching something, you need to hate somebody. And I think Jen is kind of that character. Well, I mean, I guess for most people, it's Dawson. For me, it's Jen. They're talking about sex. And Joey says like, yeah, when did everyone become so obsessed with sex? Dawson had that sentiment in episode one. Sex, Yeah. When did everything become about sex? Yeah, it's exactly the same sentiment. And now Dawson obviously feels a little bit closer to sex than he did at the beginning because now he has a girlfriend and they're kind of heading in that direction. And Joey says, maybe some of us will never have sex. And Dawson's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it's just a matter of time. You'll find the right person. And she goes, I have. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. She's throwing it. She's throwing. This episode, yeah, we're just talking openly about the fact that Joey's in love with Dawson. But it's it's so interesting because it's never been said before. And, no. you know, we all know it, but this is the first time they're saying it. It, it feels, it is, it's like, holy crap. And, yeah. We're doing this. Yeah, we're in it. One of the best slash worst parts of the episode for me is Dawson's like, what do you mean? And he comes over to Joey and his face when Joey is talking, I was laughing out loud. He's like, (laughs) I'm doing the face to Mike right now. Oh my God. He's like, say it, say it, say it out loud. Maybe it'll help you with the feelings. Like it'll, it'll lessen them. Like you're keeping it inside. Release the demon, right? Yeah. She's like, I can't, if I, I if I say it out loud, I can never take it back. And so right. she doesn't say anything. Now, right. do you think that Dawson knew what she was going to say? Or do you think that he didn't know? I don't think he knew. I think he's too oblivious. I think he's too self-centered and self-involved. And what do you think he knew? No, I don't. I don't think yeah, he knew. Yeah, no. I think he, Dawson just is self. But everyone else in the room knew. Yeah. And that's kind of where we leave them in that moment. Yeah, it really ends. It ends on the scene of Joey's breakdown where we're all just... Joey's having her breakdown. Dawson's sitting there. He is looking at her so intently and intensely being like, oh my God, Joey, say it. Like, I can't... I'm on the edge of my seat. What are you going to say? And everyone else around him knows that she's in love with him and she's going to say she's in love with him. And Mrs. Tringle walks in and says, congratulations, you've completed your time of Saturday or whatever. And that's it. See, this is where you and I like disagree. I just think Dawson, I do think Dawson is a good friend. And I think he's really concerned for her. Totally. But I think he's oblivious. Oblivious. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he knows. But I, I think that kiss was hot. Certainly hotter than any Dawson Jen kisses thus far. Oh my God. 100%. Yes. They don't have that great of chemistry. I didn't like Jen, but I didn't have a hate for Jen. Like you talk about like really disliking Jen season one. Yeah. I didn't like her, but I didn't hate her. And I don't think I hated Dawson. I'm trying to bring myself. You just thought it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to bring myself back to that first watch because I did. I have watched the first season so many times since then. It's like hard for me to discern exactly how I felt. I I just loved the show. So maybe I right. didn't hate Dawson as much then as I yeah. do now. <laughs> do you like, is season one your favorite season? I really like two and three. One, two, and three were kind of my jam. Yeah. What about you? In, in a lot of ways, I think season two is my favorite. It's funny because I don't think a show would exist now with four main characters. Four seems, four seems low for an hour long. 
But I love it. I love that they gave a 13 episode order to just four characters and you're just watching them. You're exhausting every possible dynamic. You know, we see Pacey and Jen flirt. We see there's a Joey and Pacey episode coming up, kind of. You know, you kind of see all the dynamics before they introduce new people, which is always fun. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from the episode, I don't really have much to say about it, is when they're accusing Joey of being jealous of Dawson and Jen's relationship. And Jen says, oh, you know, maybe if you had a boyfriend, you'd care a little bit less about me and Dawson. And Joey says, yeah, that's what I want to be. Pumped and dumped by the jocks at the floor of the locker room, like <laughs> Grant Modine or whatever she says. And then Abby says, spoken like a true lesbian. And Joey says, yeah, I wish I was a lesbian. I don't know why. I just, I'm obsessed with that whole interaction. I feel like Joey is so, or Katie Holmes. I don't know. Her acting is so good. They're finding the character more and more. Yeah, All of them. Speaking of Katie Holmes, she is starring and directing in a new film Yes. That is out. It's called Rare Objects. And it came out, I believe, April 14th. She's having a moment. She's like everywhere in the press. She looks amazing. They all kind of are having a moment. Joshua Jackson has Fatal Attraction coming out later this month. Katie is in that play in New York that John Wesley Shipp and Mary Margaret Humes went to. And they took that picture together and that blew up. She's doing press tour for Rare Objects right now, which I really want to see. I mean, I think it looks really good. And she directed that as well and then michelle williams is in showing up which also came out i believe on april 7th it's that new a24 film yes which i also want to see and hung chow is in that as well and she's kind of having a moment too she was i believe nominated for an oscar for the whale and she was in the menu and she Mm. was in the night agent too which i'm hearing tons of things about and i think judd hirsch is in it too and michelle and judd hirsch were just in the fablements together so yes And Fatal Attraction looks really good. Like they're all doing really cool things right now. Fatal Attraction does look really good. And I love an A24 movie. Everything Everywhere All at Once was an A24 film, right? And that just won Best Film. Yeah, they do some... everything. They take risks. They do a lot of interesting things. I am excited. They're all really in the zeitgeist right now. And I just saw a TikTok of James Vanderbeek trying to make like a sweet a sweet point about parenting and how he handled the parenting moment and while he's doing it his kid walks up and goes i peed my pants i think he's like semi-retired like i think he would come out of retirement to do certain things but i think he's i think he moved to texas or somewhere yeah Yeah. i mean i think that's it do you want to do a creek speak like uh read reviews do you forget what you named your own segment i did i did creek speak so we can do we have uh et90049 Oh, yes. speaking speaking of, before we dive into this Creek speak, something that I didn't really register until the last viewing of this episode is that there is a literal E.T. stuffed animal between Joey and Dawson on the bed when they're watching the movie mm. in the opening. Yeah. It's Jen. Jen is E.T. She's between Jen them. Jen is between literally, them. Literally, oh, my God. Literally, figuratively. Yeah. We're going to get into Creek speak, which is our listener feedback section. TBKG22 says, super cute and fun to listen to. Great job, guys. DL says, I was never a huge fan of Dawson's Creek, but I love the structure of this podcast and the behind the scenes info. I will definitely rewatch the pilot with a different lens, knowing what I know now. Can't wait for the next one. Great job. DL, let us know if you do rewatch the pilot, if there's anything else you picked up on that we didn't touch on. Yeah. You know what? This podcast, more than anything, has really reunited like college friends a yeah. lot of them are re-watching it 
it's connecting me with, again with a lot of college friends who I really have not spoken to in a few years. Who I, some of them I haven't seen for 15, 20 years. So it just, I love that it's doing that. Yeah, it's um, A lot of people are rewatching along with us. And we've had a few requests for like two episodes a week because people are <laughs> people are lapping us on the rewatch versus listening. And we're doing the best we can. I feel like two is it's too much. For now, so it's we too love, much. <laughs> we love you. ET90049 says, I had forgotten what a terrific show this was. When I was a teenager, the podcast takes us back to adults to relive those pre-digital days in not-so-innocent Cape Side. Oh, to be Joey rowing in Dawson's boat to yet another platonic rendezvous with Dawson. <laughs> Hosts make it fun and nostalgic, but keep it real. A fun listen. Thanks, E.T. And I'll just are close out. Are you Jen Lindley? <laughs> <laughs> E.T., are you Jen? I'll close out with one more. Taylor Parson says, instant hit, five stars. Amazing hosts, amazing analysis. Learn some fun facts about the show that I'm now realizing have only scratched the surface of understanding and can't wait for more. Ten stars in my book. I'm reading these reviews from Apple Podcasts. So if you if you love us, if you like us, whatever, if you want to head over to Apple Podcasts, just leave us a five-star review and leave us a little rating. We'll read. I'll also try to read some DMs. We also Not- said if you leave us voice notes, we'll play your voice notes, like a little call-in. Yeah. In real time, I just opened up our Instagram DMs. Kate says, did you guys see that the Stranger Things writers tweeted this? And it's actually a picture of Dawson and... Pacey in the Stranger Things writers room, which I did see. Yeah. So I wonder I wonder if that. they're trying to figure out who to put her with. Is it gonna yeah. be Jonathan Steve or, or Steve? John- yeah. Oh. And she said, by the way, loving the pod. So thank you, Kate. Anyway, if you want to just rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, that'd be amazing. All right. So let's talk about next week's episode. It is 108, Escape from New York. And I think our drink of the week will be light beer we'll talk about why next week for me it will probably be miller light because that is a family favorite (laughs) yeah i'll probably do miller light too or maybe bud light but you'll you'll know why next week when you see it but grab your light favorite light beer let's just knock a few back keg vibes Mm. i'm ready for the drama i think i think we can agree this episode episode seven breakfast club was i think our favorite of the season there's good drama coming but this was Top tier. Top tier. Mike White. God. I feel like there were moments from other episodes where I was like, oh, this is it. And this whole episode was amazing. Yeah. It's going to be hard to pick one quote of the creek, which is our quote of the week that we post on Instagram. But it's hard with when Abby Morgan is involved. She has a lot of quotable. We might have to post a few quotes of the creek this week for episode seven. All That's right, it. so we will see you guys next week for episode 108, Escape from New York. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk Thanks to you next time. Thanks for listening. Time. Bye. Bye.